Since the death of George Floyd in March of 2020, the country has been set ablaze with debates surrounding the American justice system and sentiments regarding systemic racism within culture and law. Now, after one school board meeting turned into an evening of pandemonium, these political and cultural battles have moved to public school systems around the country. I'm Tyler Fedor. And I'm Finn Carlin. You're listening to In The Loop with SGTV News 4. This podcast is a part of Garnet Media Group's podcast network. Garnet Media Group is the collective partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. Conservative and liberal groups have gone toe-to-toe through both in-person and online movements throughout the past year, debating widespread police reform, immigration, racial injustice, and now critical race theory in educational institutions in the United States ramping up after one Virginia school board meeting went viral. Also, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott announced his re-election campaign Monday, going for another six years in the Senate. And interim president of USC Harris Pastides is expected to release the report of the Title IX task force, as well as his response to it later this week. Stick with us. We'll keep you in the loop. The small county of Loudoun in Virginia has been the source of big topical news and debates amidst a school board meeting that turned chaotic last week. During the school board session meant to round out the academic year, conservative parents and community members flooded the auditorium and gave testimonies accusing the district of teaching students that racism in the United States is systemic, which the Loudoun County School Board reportedly denied. While the evening itself was unexpectedly agitated by the protests of parents saying things such as you don't end racism by teaching it, the outburst from community members has led to an increasingly prevalent debate on critical race theory and how it has integrated into public school curriculums around the country. Critical race theory in a nonpartisan context is the belief that legal institutions, particularly in the United States, are inherently racist and leave people of color disadvantaged. In the classroom, critical race theory is a potential form of teaching students about historically racist practices like slavery, Jim Crow laws, and segregation, but could also serve to teach that America is structurally racist. Critical race theory has now become a cultural and political battle on the national scale, with former Vice President Mike Pence calling it state-sponsored and state-sanctioned racism. In South Carolina, debate around critical race theory has also been sparked in state legislature. Representative Ralph Norman tweeting recently that critical race theory is wildly inappropriate and rooted in Marxism. SGTV News 4 reporter Calista Yost joins us now to speak more about the issue within the state. Calista, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great, Finn. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So critical race theory has really been a term thrown around everywhere within the past week and more so in the past year. But where exactly did the term come from and how did it become such a hot topic? Well, according to the American Bar Association, the term's been around since the 70s or the 80s, but we've really started to hear it with the release of the New York Times 1619 project that really explored how American slavery affects life today. Right. So critical race theory is, of course, a hot button term right now. And many scholars and academic sources even are finding it difficult to provide an actual definition to it as debates are heating up over implementing it into public school curriculums. So how exactly are conservative and liberal groups defining it, especially after what happened in Loudoun County this past week? Conservative groups, especially those pulled in that Loudoun County School Board meeting, 
believe it's more of a way to just teach students to be really ashamed of their skin color. That was actually what Vice President Mike Pence said about it. He also said it was state-sanctioned racism. But on the other camp, liberals groups see it as a new lens to look at this historically racist practice and apply those teachings to our country today and really work to end systemic racism in our country. Right, and the subject of race, especially in schools, has always been a bit of a tricky topic since different regions tend to have different ways of teaching this piece of American history to their students. So what does critical race theory look like in South Carolina schools? Well, as of right now, Finn, you don't see it in South Carolina schools, especially K through 12. Um, there is no mention of critical race theory in any K through 12 curriculum in South Carolina schools. And State Superintendent Molly Spearman has said that they do not intend to add it. But in the university level at the University of South Carolina and Clemson University, it is taught in school. And South Carolina lawmakers are calling for an immediate end to the teaching of critical race theory. Calista, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. U.S. Senator for South Carolina Tim Scott made stops around the state Monday as he announced his last Senate run. Scott was first elected to the Charleston County Council in 1995. After some time in the South Carolina and United States House, he entered the United States Senate in 2013. During his stops, Scott said he hopes Republicans can build on the good old days, referencing the time of the Trump administration. Scott will see challenges from Democrats Crystal Matthews, a state representative, and Angela Getter, chairwoman for the Spartanburg County Democratic Party. Scott is the favorite in this race as he is running in a heavily Republican state and alongside the fact that Senator Lindsey Graham beat his opponent, Democrat Jamie Harrison, by 10 percentage points despite Harrison's record-breaking fundraising. The South Carolina gubernatorial election will come to a head on November 8, 2022. The Title IX task force was created by former university president Bob Caslin but the responsibility of it is now being picked up by interim president Harris Pastides. Pastides said he would continue to work with the Title IX task force, which is charged with performing a full review of USC's systems of handling sexual violence and the efficiency of these systems. According to an email sent to the board of trustees on June 23rd, Pastides said he is reviewing the report and plans to release it and his response later this week. The Title IX task force began its work on March 15th of this year and was included alongside other actions Caslin said the university would be taking regarding sexual violence. Fourth of July weekend is finally upon us, and if you don't have any travel or stay-at-home celebration plans, fear not, because we have some ways for you to get out in Columbia and enjoy local festivities. That's right, but not only are there fun events happening on Independence Day, there are some great things going on to build up to a great weekend here in the capital city, starting with the free first Thursday at the Columbia Museum of Art. That'll be Thursday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and located at the Columbia Museum of Art off Main Street with extended hours and free admission. No money, no charge. Love to hear that as a college student. Anyone, honestly, I feel like not having to pay for anything is pretty neat. Yeah, and as you said, you know, being a college student, we, we, we tend to be pretty broke out here. So it's going to be very nice to be able to get into the Columbia Museum of Art all day, actually. 
um, and the extended hours are provided um, as a courtesy from the Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina. Um, so thanks to them for that, but also free admission. It's going to be, you know, very, very nice to be able to get into somewhere that's normally a little bit higher on the price range and a little bit out of our budget um, all day. And I, I personally love um, going to art museums and looking at what they have to offer, especially modern art museums. I went to the um, New York's, the, the modern art museum in New York City, and that place is absolutely ginormous. It's absolutely wild. But the creativity that some people have to create these beautiful works of art um, is is quite incredible to me. Um, but speaking of works of art, there is also going to be a blues fest at Seager Park this weekend. Not, not going to be on July 4th quite yet, but on Friday, July 12th. And the doors are going to be opening at 5 p.m. It's located at Seager Baseball Park, and the admission is $50. So again, not, not, not too terribly bad, but it's going to be an all-night event where a bunch of local bands are going to be coming to perform blues right there at Seager Park. They're going to have music, they're going to have food, and a lot of people are going to be coming, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd like to add some blues in my playlist. I'd like to have some of those smooth tunes. I'll have to, July second, right? Yeah, it's 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 July second. But yeah, I I I love blues music. I love jazz music especially because blues can take on multiple forms. But I'm a huge fan of jazz, and I know that that there are going to be some local jazz groups that are going to be coming to Seager Park in order to perform. And I I am going to be in Charleston this weekend, but I might have to swing through in order to experience that before I head there because I'm going for for, uh, for Saturday and for the 4th. Um, so I, I might have to swing through that night, even though it's, even though it's $50 admission, which is admittedly a little bit pricey. Um, I think it's going to be worth it for that experience that you're going to get just seeing, you know, local artists play at a huge open venue, which is of course, you know, harder to see now. Um, we've seen these, these cola concerts that have come through the city, but there still has been a, of course, lack of, you know, public open concerts um, as a result of the pandemic. And so, you know, now that people are getting vaccinated more and we're starting to return to a bit more of a sense of normalcy, um, this is definitely going to be one for the books, I think. Yeah, it's always good to have the local in-person music coming back. Love me some, love me some good tunes. And on July 4th, if you don't got any plans, you got your tunes in, you got your art museum in, you got a 4th of July barbecue buffet located at the main course off of Main Street. Essentially, they're turning their restaurant into a giant barbecue buffet for the 4th of July from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can make reservations online if you want to plan ahead, of course, at maincoursesc.com. I do like me some barbecue. I really do. What I think is pretty unique about this is I thought there might be, you know, an extra fee tacked on for the purposes of their, you know, changing up their entire layout of their restaurant just for this one day to be a, to be a buffet. But you essentially can make a reservation or you can go in person and, you know, go ahead and just snag a table if you're lucky. Um, but you know, you'll be able to just go get a plate of food and then just pay for what you eat. And it's really that simple, which I think, I think is really unique. And I think, especially for, um, you know, the city of Columbia that doesn't have many buffet places, um, one that's going to be, you know, just for the fourth right on main street, uh, very accessible to people around the city. I think it's going to be really neat. 
Now, even though it's going to be a nice week here in the capital city to get out and enjoy those fun events, especially that 4th of July barbecue buffet going from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the main course this Sunday, what's not going to be too terribly nice is that on Friday we're going to have a 50% chance of thunderstorms, and then on Saturday we are going to have a 40% chance of rain. Now, the high today is 91 and the low today is 72. That's going to be pretty consistent throughout the rest of the week and into the weekend, except on Sunday the high will be 86 and the low will be 66. So about a 20-degree margin there for your 4th of July day. But it's going to be consistently warm and it is going to be sunny as well on that 4th of July day. So great day to get out and enjoy some festivities, whether they are local, getting together with friends. It's going to be a great day here in Columbia to go out and do it all. Now, in the stock market, market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average increased by less than the point, as well as the NASDAQ increasing by less than a point, and the S&P 500 also increasing by less than a point. Keeping you in the loop, I'm Finn Carlin. And I'm Tyler Fedor. You're listening to SGTV News 4. Join us next week to stay in the loop.
whenever. Okay, I'm I'm recording now. Bang. All right. Well, whenever you want to start, feel free. All right. I'm gonna go now. Since the death of George Floyd in March of 2020, the country has been set ablaze with debates surrounding the American justice system and sentiments regarding systemic racism within culture and law. Now, after one school board meeting turned into an evening of pandemonium, these political and cultural battles have moved to public school systems around the country. I'm Tyler Fedor. And I'm Finn Carlin. You're listening to In the Loop with SGTV News 4. Conservative and liberal groups have gone toe-to-toe through both in-person and online movements throughout the past year, debating widespread police reform, immigration, racial injustice, and now critical race theory in educational institutions in the United States, ramping up after one Virginia school board meeting went viral. Also, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott announced his re-election campaign Monday, going for another six years in the Senate. An interim president of USC Harris Bastides is expected to release the report of the Title IX task force, as well as his response to it later this week. Stick with us. We'll keep you in the loop. The small county of Loudoun in Virginia has been the source of big topical news and debates amidst a school board meeting that turned chaotic last week. During the school board session meant to round out the academic year, conservative parents and community members flooded the auditorium and gave testimonies accusing the district of teaching students that racism in the United States is systemic, which the London County School Board reportedly denied. While the evening itself was unexpectedly agitated by the protests of parents saying things such as you don't end racism by teaching it, the outburst from community members has led to an increasingly prevalent debate on critical race theory and how it has integrated into public school curriculums around the country. Critical race theory in a nonpartisan context is the belief that legal institutions, particularly in the United States, are inherently racist and leave people of color disadvantaged. In the classroom, critical race theory is a potential form of teaching students about historically racist practices like slavery, Jim Crow laws, and segregation, but could also serve to teach that America is structurally racist. Critical race theory has now become a cultural and political battle on the national scale, with former... Sorry, I'm going to redo that. Critical race theory has now become a cultural and political battle on the national scale, with former Vice President Mike Pence calling it state-sponsored and state-sanctioned racism. In South Carolina, debate around critical race theory has also been sparked in state legislature. Representative Ralph Norman tweeting recently that critical race theory is wildly inappropriate and rooted in Marxism. And then I'll record that next afterwards. Okay, so Tim's gone. I'm going to text Jeff after this and see if he might have a day as to when the Title IX stuff might come in. Yeah, and any updates we can just tweet. Or if we have time prior to posting, we can record. I'm going to go on Tim Scott re-election. Okay. U.S. Senator for South Carolina, Tim Scott, made stops around the state Monday as he announced his last Senate run. Scott was first elected to the Charleston County Council in 1995 after some time in the South Carolina and United... (sighs) Sorry. Tragic. Scott was first elected to the Charleston County's God, I want to school district because I'm from there, but it, God. Scott was first elected to the Charleston County Council in 1995 after some time in the South Carolina and United States Senate. 
God, fuck me. <laughs> I'm messing up so much today. Oh, I hate it. Where we can this is good. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Scott was first elected to the Charleston County Council in 1995. After some time in the South Carolina and United States House, he entered the United States Senate in 2013. During his stops, Scott said he hopes Republicans can build on the good old days, referencing the time of the Trump administration. Scott will see challenges from Democrats. Oh, sorry, I was not prepared to pronounce that name. Is it Crystal? I'd imagine. I wasn't able to find any way it's pronounced online. Okay, I'll just say Crystal. Yeah. Scott will see the challenges from Democrats. Crystal Matthews, a state representative in Angela. Is it Jeter or? That's another thing I don't know. That, that looks like G. Uh, well, hold on. Jeter's J. So, Jeter, Getter, Angela Getter. I'm just gonna say Angela Getter. That seems yeah. Scott will see challenges from Democrats. Christy. Right. Scott will see challenges from Democrats Crystal Matthews, a state representative, and Angela Getter, chairwoman for the Spartanburg County Democratic Party. Scott is the favorite in this race as he is running in a heavily Republican state and alongside the fact that Senator Lindsey Graham beat his opponent, Democrat Jeannie Harrison, by 10 percentage points despite Harrison's record-breaking fundraising. The South Carolina gubernatorial election will come to a head on November 8, 2022. This. The Title IX task force was created by former university president Bob Caslin, but the responsibility of it is now being picked up by interim president Harris Pastides. Pastides said he would continue to work with the Title IX task force, which is charged with performing a full review of USC's systems of handling sexual violence and the efficiency of these systems. According to an email sent to the Board of Trustees on June 23rd, Pastides said he is reviewing the report and plans to release it and his response later this week. The Title IX Task Force began its work on March 15th of this year and was included alongside other actions Kaslan said the university would be taking regarding sexual violence. Fourth of July weekend is finally upon us, and if you don't have any travel or stay-at-home celebration plans, fear not, because we have some ways for you to get out in Columbia and enjoy local festivities. That's right, but not only are there fun events happening on Independence Day, there are some great things going on to build up to a great weekend here in the capital city, starting with the free first Thursday at the Columbia Museum of Art. That'll be Thursday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and located at the Columbia Museum of Art off Main Street with extended hours and free admission. No money, no charge. Love to hear that as a college student. Anyone, honestly, I feel like not having to pay for anything is pretty neat. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's all day is also really nice. I know that in some other cities uh, that have, you know, art museums that are tailored to that, you know, to people of that city, uh, the, the price of admission is, is, is really something that can be a hard hurdle to jump over, especially if you are maybe looking to spend some of that money in other ways to get out, um, aside from maybe the art museum. But an event like this really Oh my God, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'm just going to restart all that. I, I was going on a weird tangent of just saying that, like, <laughs> no money is good. <laughs> like, just on the top of the block? 
No, no, I'll, I'll just redo my bit there. Okay. Said. Um, and yeah, like you said, being a college student, you know, we tend to be pretty broke out here. So it's, it's definitely nice to see that, it, especially all day from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., you are going to be able to get into the Columbia Museum of Art uh, for free. And it's extended hours um, that's provided by the Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, or is, is it Blue Cross Blue Shield? I'm sorry, I, I, I need to like make sure of this. I don't know. Okay, okay, sorry about that. I'll just redo that again. Yeah, and as you said, you know, being a college student, we, we, we tend to be pretty broke out here. So it's going to be very nice to be able to get into the Columbia Museum of Art all day, actually. Um, and the extended hours are provided um, as a courtesy from the Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina. Um, so thanks to them for that, but also free admission. It's going to be, you know, very, very nice to be able to get into somewhere that's normally a little bit higher on the price range and a little bit out of our budget um, all day. And I, I personally love um, going to art museums and looking at what they have to offer, especially modern art museums. I went to the um, New York's, the, the modern art museum in New York City, and that place is absolutely ginormous. It's absolutely wild. But the creativity that some people have to create these beautiful works of art um, is, is quite incredible to me. Um, but speaking of works of art, there is also going to be a blues fest at Seager Park this weekend. Not, not going to be on July 4th quite yet, but on Friday, July 12th. And the doors are going to be opening at 5 p.m. It's located at Seager Baseball Park, and the admission is $50. So again, not, not, not too terribly bad, but it's going to be an all-night event where a bunch of local bands are going to be coming to perform blues right there at Seager Park. They're going to have music, they're going to have food, and a lot of people are going to be coming, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd like to add some blues to my playlist. I'd like to have some of those smooth tunes. Uh, July 2nd, right? Yeah, it's 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 July second. But yeah, I I I love blues music. I love jazz music especially because blues can take on multiple forms. But I'm a huge fan of jazz, and I know that that there are going to be some local jazz groups that are going to be coming to Seager Park on the night of the twelfth in order to perform. And I I am going to be in Charleston this weekend, but I might have to swing through in order to experience that before I head there because I'm going for. For, uh, for Saturday and for the 4th. Um, so I, I might have to swing through that night. Even though it's even though it's $50 in mission, which is admittedly a little bit pricey, um, I think it's going to be worth it for that experience that you're going to get. Just seeing, you know, local artists play at a huge open venue, which is, of course, you know, harder to see now. Um, we've seen this, these cola concerts that have come through the city, but there still has been a, of course, lack of, you know, public open concerts um, as a result of the pandemic. And so, you know, now that people are getting vaccinated more and we're starting to return to a bit more of a sense of normalcy, um, this is definitely going to be one for the books, I think. It's always good to have the local in-person music coming back. Let me some, let me some good tunes. And on July 4th, if you don't got any plans, you got your tunes in, you got your art museum in, you got a 4th of July barbecue buffet located at the main course off of Main Street. Essentially, they're turning their restaurant into a giant barbecue buffet for the 4th of July from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Make reservations online if you want to plan ahead, of course, at maincoursesc.com. 
I do like me some barbecue. I really do. Yeah, same, same here, same here. And what I think is pretty unique about this is I thought there might be, you know, an extra fee tacked on for the purposes of their, you know, changing up their entire layout of their restaurant just for this one day to be a, to be a buffet. But you essentially can make a reservation or you can go in person and, you know, go ahead and just snag a table if you're lucky. Um, but, you know, you'll be able to just go get a plate of food and then just pay for what you eat. And it's really that simple, which I think, I think is really unique. And I think especially for, um, you know, the city of Columbia that doesn't have many buffet places, um, one that's going to be, you know, just for the fourth right on Main Street, um, very accessible to people around the city. I think it's going to be really neat. Okay, I, I um, did not put in the stock numbers because I completely forgot. So I'm going to do that really quick. What? I forgot to update the uh, stocks. So I, I need to go do that real quick because I, I, I just completely forgot. You were like cut out for a second. I was like, oh, my internet just like needed. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I just got to fix the stocks real quick. my Wi-Fi decides to be helpful. My Wi-Fi always finds way to, a new way usually to make my day harder and it's like, why? My, my Wi-Fi out here is terrible. It is absolutely awful for, for no absolute reason. It's, it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, very, very minimal change in the stock market right now. Okay, come on. Now the Google Doc's not loading. Okay, there we go. Dow Jones, yeah, by 0 0.03 points. <laughs> okay. Less than one point. SMP, come on, come on. Okay, so also less than a, damn, all of them less than a point. Okay. All right, cool. Even though there's gonna be some neat events that are gonna be going on this weekend, and especially on the 4th with that main course, all day, all you can eat buffet, uh, barbecue style, 
What's not going to be too neat is that there are, you know, some bad weather. Oh my God. <laughs> my head is just not there today. <laughs> there are going to be bad weather. Okay. <laughs> now, even though there are going to be some neat events happening this weekend, especially with that 4th of July barbecue buffet this Sunday, uh, what's not going to be too terribly neat is that on Friday, you're going to have a 50% chance of thunderstorms. And on Saturday, even though the thunderstorm is going to be moving out, the rain is going to be coming in with a 40% chance of rain. But aside from that, the rest of this week is looking partly cloudy, but 4th of July during the day is looking to be sunny, which we can, we can of course, uh, thank. And to... God. We can do it. The high for today is 91 and the low is 72, but oh my God, this is last week's script. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. This is me breaking. I'm going to just, I'm just, fuck it. I'm just going to. You need to go make yourself some comfort food after this. You need to just go. I don't know what's going on with me right now. It feels like today shouldn't be Tuesday. It feels like this week's gone on for a little too long already and it's only Tuesday. My brain is just mush right now. I am terribly sorry. <laughs> All good. I feel that. I really do. Okay. I'm just gonna. Right, I'm gonna go again. Now, even though it's going to be a nice week here in the capital city to get out and enjoy those fun events, especially that 4th of July barbecue buffet going from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the main course this Sunday, what's not going to be too terribly nice is that on Friday, we're going to have a 50% chance of thunderstorms. And then on Saturday, we are going to have a 40% chance of rain. Now, the high today is 91 and the low today is 72. That's going to be pretty consistent throughout the rest of the week and into the weekend, except on Sunday, the high will be 86 and the low will be 66. So about a 20 degree margin there for your 4th of July day. But it's going to be consistently warm and it is going to be sunny as well on that 4th of July day. So great day to get out and enjoy some festivities, whether they are local, getting together with friends. It's going to be a great day here in Columbia to go out and do it all. Now in the stock market, at the Dow Jones Industrial Average increased by less than the point, as well as the NASDAQ increasing by less than the point, and the S&P 500 also increasing by less than a point. Keeping you in the loop, I'm Ben Carlin. And I'm Tyler Fedor. You're listening to SGTV News 4. Join us next You're listening to SGTV News 4. Join us next week to stay in the loop. How hard was that? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we we all have those days. We all, have those days. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna go watch comedy specials on Netflix and Prime. Yeah, go treat <laughs> I need to go make myself some food. I'm hungry. No, me me too. Me too. I have leftovers that are waiting for me. <laughs> um, sorry about.